This podcast is brought to you by the Accredited Snow Contractors Association. With industry standards-based certification, a discounted insurance program, networking events, and legislative efforts that strengthen the professional snow and ice management industry, your ASCA membership never stops working for you. Join today at ASCAonline.org. Hi, this is Mike Zawacki, editor of Snow Magazine. I've always wondered how airports managed all of their snow. When you think about it, consider all the paved surface area of the typical international airport, and even a minor two-inch event produces tons and tons of snow. Well, I had a really interesting conversation with Ed McDonald, Vice President of Aviation Sales for Aero Operating, based in Westbury, New York. Now, I should be clear, in most cases, Aero manages snow and ice for airports and airlines on everything that isn't a runway, which is typically the purview of the local municipality. It goes into great detail about handling airport snow and ice management contracts and the best practices that go into catering such a unique client. Ed also shares the logistical challenges of not only staffing a nationwide operation, especially during extreme events, but also what goes into handling and managing all of the accumulated snow. And he even talks about Aero's proprietary 600-ton melter, as in melting down 600 tons of snow per hour, and why this is such an essential tool in an airport environment. Well, Ed, thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast today. Really excited about having you on and and sharing uh, with the audience a little bit about what you guys do at Aero Snow Removal Corp. And you guys are based out of Westbury, New York, but you actually have a very large uh, fingerprint around the country because you guys specialize in managing uh, a lot of the snow and ice at uh, major airports around the country, correct? That is correct. And thank you for for allowing me to, to speak about aerosnow today. I'm excited about that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you could uh, start off by just kind of explaining, with regard to airport, what is the scope, typical scope of your operation at a major airport? Uh, it's my understanding that uh, typically uh, outside vendors handle things that typically don't involve the runways. That's the, the, the pure runways are the environment of the local municipalities. That, that is correct. And what the airports and also airlines, in some cases where they actually own the facility themselves, they contract out the, generally speaking, contract out the snow removal process. It's all around the terminals as well as the cargo facilities. It's really the tarmacs where the airplanes are loaded and, and uh, pull into the jet bridges and areas such as that are primarily outsourced, and we are the largest provider of that service throughout the country. Mm-hmm. What are some of the big airports that you guys are um, operating out of, we or servicing, Denver. I should say? Yeah, Denver. We're the largest provider in Denver for the city of Denver. Um, Chicago, the city of Chicago, we, we provide both uh, push-and-pile operations in Chicago as well as we melt all the snow uh, throughout Chicago O'Hare. We have all the three metropolitan airports in New York, Newark, LaGuardia, and JFK, and we're the primary provider of snow removal service for all three of those locations. We're also the um, primary provider of snow removal 
services in Boston, Logan. We have a melting operation in Philadelphia. And we just recently signed on two new cities in the last uh, two years, which was Syracuse, New York, Mm -hmm. which uh, has uh, about 130 inches of snow per year. That's quite challenging. And then uh, we have the opposite end of the spectrum. We have uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, which uh, gets very little snow, but they have ice storms. And when they do, it paralyzes the airport. So they want to have a professional snow and ice management program, and they brought us in a couple of years ago. And those are the cities that we currently operate in. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about um, uh, the special challenges that um, are associated with servicing a client like this. Uh, I know that uh, in commercial um, snow and ice management, um, every different type of client, uh, whether it's a, a medical facility or retail facility, comes with uh, particular challenges. But also, those are facilities that may have off hours. Uh, you know, I would imagine that you guys during the winter are operating twenty four seven during the winter. Yeah, that that is the case. It's a good point. The airports are open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Now we're. From our perspective, we have a very large off-season, obviously, for about six months. But for about six months, we are, uh, at, at, at any moment, we have to deploy in various locations throughout the country. If you keep in mind the footprint that I just described, uh, we could have a storm in Denver and nothing in New York, or we could have a big storm in New York and, and Boston and and nothing in Chicago. So. We have to manage that over the six-month period, and a lot of that management is done on a local level because every one of our locations is very unique. Tell me a little bit about the equipment and the training that goes into managing these sorts of facilities. Um, Are you guys... um, utilizing equipment that goes beyond your basic plow, you know, truck with a plow and a spreader? Yeah, there's uh, many of the, the spreading material, spreading materials has become a, an art in itself. Uh, it, you have to have equipment that's really designed to, to, to meet the needs of what you're doing. The, uh, an example of that is, you know, you do a parking lot and you have a fairly narrow area that you have to salt or sand or provide material, whether it has to be liquid or granular. So there's all different types of equipment depending upon what you need to do. You then go out on a tarmac and you have a very large area that you have to cover where an airplane parks. And you have to apply liquid in some cases and in other cases granular in that area, widespread. So you have to have a lot of different types of equipment to meet those needs. You also, in many cases, have to have uh, storage to to meet those needs, and uh, you have to have access to that material. And the best thing about a a company like Arrow is we're large enough to to get a a large enough inventory that we have the opportunity to to, uh, provide some of that savings back to our customers. The more volume we have, the more you purchase, uh, obviously the, the, the more powerful you have in terms of your buying power. And we can pass that along to our customers. So that's the material spreading part. But then there's all the other parts, too. There's a lot of brooming has become very popular. And what I mean by that is uh, at airports, there are lines leading into into the parking positions by, by the terminals. 
that if you keep those lines clear, even when the snow is coming down and you only have half inch of snow down there, you're not necessarily plowing the ramp at that point, but you need to keep all these lines that are the, the uh, indicators for the flights going in and out of the gates. You've got to keep them clear. So that requires some some uh, brooming type uh, equipment that we have, uh, all sorts of different equipment that we use for that. Some very large, up to 18 feet, and others very small that uh, cover just the line itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then melting is, uh, and we could get into that separately if you want to talk about that, but melting is a a huge part of what we offer and makes us very unique uh, in the industry. And Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about that, we can do that separately. Absolutely. Uh, We'll get to melting, but before we get to that, I'd like to ask you about when you're working with a client like an airport, how much um, how much uh, 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 are they dictating what type of chemicals they want in certain areas uh, with regard to, like, de-icing? Or, um, do they have very high standards with, like, you can't use chlorides here. We only want acetates here. Um, you can't use anything over here. And, and how does that yeah. provide a challenge to you, not only in um, providing that service, but also in and um, you know working out the contract too? A lot of those chemicals can be very, very expensive. They can, but some of these contracts, when you you sit down and you you do the details of the contract, they're a hundred page pages mm-hmm. long, and and most of that, uh, the things that you just spoke about. Uh, uh, the requirements, where you can apply material, and all that is laid out uh, way in advance of a contract starting. Having said that, there's still a lot of judgment uh, that's, that's applied to storms, because there's no two storms that are alike. And when you apply the material and when you don't apply the material and where you apply the material has a lot to do with what's happening in the operation on that any given day. So what we bring to the table, we bring some expertise, and we know what material does, how effective it is in different environments, and where are the best places to to apply that material. The customer, though, has the final say in terms of uh, do we do we put the material down, um, how much do we put down, when do we put it down. All of our customers over time develop a sense of trust with us. And we have that conversation every day, every event. What do you think? It looks like it's going to uh, start with rain and it's going to turn into snow later on. So why don't we apply this material and then we'll follow it up with that material. So we have those ongoing conversations mm-hmm. on a local level with every one of our customers, whether it be uh, the airport, uh, 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 an airline, uh, a cargo provider, um, all it's it's very common that those conversations go on every each and every storm. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about um, labor. What in you know, like for, for like a Denver, what are the labor requirements for that, and what are the challenges of uh, uh, getting the appropriate labor? Because I imagine these individuals have to be, you know, highly trained on the equipment and as a, applicators, and. Are these individuals also, do they, because they're working at an airport, do they have to be vetted as well? Yes, and that's the challenge. Uh, it, and that's really has a lot to do with uh, why it, it can be an expensive proposition to, to uh, do snow removal in large uh, airports. Uh, everyone who works in an airport has to be fully vetted. 
um, with a criminal background check and everything else that's required for anyone else that would go out on the ramp. We have to be completely vetted and badged. Mm -hmm. So that process takes some time. It takes energy. It takes uh, money. For us, that has to be done again and again, year after year. So um, it, it is a difficult part to the business that we've gotten really good at over years. Uh, we start to understand what to look for, where to look for uh, our employees uh, on a temporary basis. What is the skill set that we look for? We have a, a way of looking. We know the industry that we need to look for that talent. We know uh, what they bring to the table. And then we have a pretty uh, involved training program where we take those um, our employees on, who are temporary uh, for the season, and we train them on the aero-snow way. Now, if you treat the employees well, and if you pay them well, they come back. So we get mm -hmm. a, a very high percentage uh, of employees who come back year after year, and they get a, a real good sense of, of, of how to do their job. Whenever possible, you keep them in an area where they're comfortable, and they come back year after year. They become the guy who does all the United Gates, mm -hmm. as an example. Um, it's a. Uh, it, it takes time to develop that, and it's, and but it is a real key to success as as you move forward. Having your your main employees return uh, year after year is is a really positive thing. So you treat them properly, and um, and you you bring them from businesses that, generally speaking, in the wintertime just don't aren't as busy as they are in the in the summer and spring. Mm -hmm. And on average, what does a typical large airport require um, uh, with regard to manpower? It depends on uh, the equipment, um, mm -hmm. and it depends on the turnover. Uh, it depends on the no-show factor. Right. Um, New York is an example where it, it's um, you need probably a higher ratio of people um, per piece of equipment that you're operating than a place like Denver, where you, ha you have a uh, probably a 90% return factor for employees that come back again and again. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, that's what you have to determine in the markets that you operate in, so, and it's difficult to do. And when you're doing this, if you're brand new to a market and you go into it, it's pretty scary for the customers because our customers, trust is the, the number one thing that they look at. If they trust you and they believe that you're, you're the team that can really make sure that they continue to operate in the worst of conditions, uh, everything else is secondary. Mm -hmm. And I imagine uh, one of the biggest challenges with labor, as you kind of were kind of talking about, is having enough guys in reserve uh, to substitute for people who maybe are sick or can't make an event. And sure. then uh, because those individuals have to be, you just can't call up and say, "Hey, can you sub in today?" I mean, those people have to be vetted and trained and. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And you and you have to have uh, relief. Mm -hmm. You have to have uh, people to because storms in some cases, if you remember back a number of years ago, there was a 31 inch storm in the New York area mm -hmm. that went on for that went on for days. Mm -hmm. So you you have to continue to 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 bring on relief and replace employees, allow them to get their rest. Uh, that's an important part to safety uh, and and productivity. You know that they have an opportunity to rest. So again, it's another. It's another thing that you have to take into consideration 
when you're working in an airport environment. And finally, you also have to keep in mind that um, it's difficult for people to get to and from an airport. Uh, in the case of that big storm, mm-hmm. you know, the roads were shut down. So you got to get your employees in in time to, to be ready uh, to work the storm and then provide them a place to go during the storm. So there's lots of uh, variables to it that uh, it makes it difficult for someone to get into the market and and be successful right off the bat. And uh, nobody accepts failure mm-hmm. in that industry because failure is catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. One airport goes down, as we've seen in the past, can influence air travel throughout the entire country. No doubt about it. No d- and we're in those type of airports, mm-hmm. the city of Chicago and Denver and uh, Boston and, and the New York metropolitan areas. I mean, you can't have one of those airports fail because uh, the snow provider failed. Uh, So you have to have systems and backups to your systems and understand the whole process and and also have leadership that works for you, that understands uh, not just the snow removal part of it, but also uh, the business of snow removal, but the business of aviation as well. Mm -hmm. Now tell me uh, about... Uh, your use of snow melters. I find this to be very fascinating um, because you've um, integrated it into your overall snow and ice management strategy, and you've also done it because you guys built your own equipment. <laughs> Tell me a little yeah. bit about how, how you guys got into the snow melter business as well. Well, we started building our own melters back in the 70s, Okay, uh, and, and we've continued to design them and enhance the enhance them as time has gone on. Uh, But what we bring to the market, which is unique beyond uh, anything else out there, is we provide a 600-ton melter. That's the top of the scale, Mm -hmm. which is used commonly in the large airports. An example of it, we have 10 of these in Chicago, and it melts all the snow in Chicago O'Hare. But there's 600 tons means that it will melt 600 tons of snow per hour. Wow. If you can, if you can load it that fast, <laughs> yeah, and right. It, 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 you know, it, that's the only thing that keeps you from from making the six hundred. But we've done independent testing on it. We've actually reached six hundred and fifty-four tons per hour on one of our melters in an independent test. Mm-hmm. So, on the common market, the common uh, the the competitor offers is a same-size melter at about 135 tons per hour. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a tree can is an example of that. It's a good product, but it's, uh, it's still, it is as advertised, 135 tons per hour. It's the same size. Actually, I think it's about uh, three or four feet longer than our 600-ton melter. And we, we just wipe out snow. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we annihilate it. Yeah. So, um, so we have those in... Um, all over the New York area airports, we have it in, in Philadelphia. We have it in uh, we have uh, nine of them in, at Denver Airport, uh, ten at Chicago O'Hare Airport, mm-hmm. which I mentioned before. Uh, and it it changes the duration of a storm. What I found is common in places is that uh, they provide that the storm is happening and they push and pile the snow to a, a location where they try to keep the snow out of the way of the operation. Mm -hmm. And then they start a trucking operation to get rid of the snow. To get rid of one of our 600-ton melters is is equivalent to 
anywhere from 40 to 50 dump trucks, depending upon the distance that that dump truck has to go to dump the snow. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine bringing 40, let's just say on the low end, 40 dump trucks into an airport, uh, you have to escort those dump trucks. You have to have to provide escorts. The airport has to do it. They have to go through a checkpoint in some cases. In some cases, the snow is dumped on airport grounds, and they don't have to go through the checkpoint every mm-hmm. time. But it's a, it's a heavy-duty process versus what we do. We have a melter with two payloaders, one technician running the melter, mm-hmm two people running the payloaders and we load it from both sides and we wipe out the snow. Mm. You know, and people probably don't appreciate at a facility the size of an airport and the pavement that is uh, present, just how much snow an event can accumulate. Oh yeah. We're, we're melting snow at two inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago calls us out. It, it, it can be it can be even under two inches. We start firing up our melters. Mm-hmm. Snow because of the size of the areas. The as you as you mentioned, the, uh, you, you push two inches of snow, it becomes a pretty large pile pretty quickly. So you have to get rid of it. You have to bring it somewhere, get it out of the way. And in most cases, if you go through almost any of the airports in the country now, you start fly. I fly around quite a bit. The airports are, they're all expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all are running out of space, and they need to um, have all the space that's, all the tarmac space that's available, they need it for active operations. And they don't want a pile of snow sitting there for three weeks. And the other side to it is the trucking operation is so difficult for them to manage. Right, right. Yeah, well, I hadn't even considered that if you're trucking it off-site, just the security concerns with that alone of having oh, it's, uh, trucks it's coming in and out of an airport. Yeah, and consider even w- with a truck, what happens with a truck, particularly is it in the really cold uh, environments, which is usually happening with snow, is even when you get to a location and you're dumping the truck, I see trucks come back half full because the snow didn't slide out. <laughs> you know, so now you're 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 behind the eight ball. Right from the get-go. Right. And, uh, and all, all you need for one of our melters is you need a natural-sized drain anywhere in the airport. Our melters, unlike um, some of the uh, in-the-ground melters that have been common in, in some of the older airports that mm-hmm. have basically been phased out, most of them have been phased out, um, our melters are completely portable. So we can bring them to where the snow pile is and melt and then move on to the next pile. And it's it's very unique what we provide. And we're speaking with a number of customers who are intrigued by it now that did not have um, melting technology or they had in-the-ground melting. And now they want to look at uh, what we can offer. Mm-hmm. Do you sell those uh, commercially or is it purely being used in-house? Yeah, it's, we, we build them ourselves, and we operate them ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what's unique, what we bring is we bring to our customer, and we say, we're not going to sell you the melter. We don't sell them. Mm-hmm. We provide you the service. We bring the melter to you. We operate the melter. It's a turnkey operation for a customer uh, at the airport because they can say to us whether we're part of the push and pile 
and then we also melt, which is the case in many of our customers. But we also have independent melting contracts where someone else or the airport is doing the push and pile, and we're simply doing the melting. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is if everybody has expertise in something, and the airport, they know what they're doing. Operationally, the, the folks that run airport operations are second to none. They are really good at it. And... Um, but they they don't know snow melters, mm-hmm. and if they're if they're going to use a snow melter eight or nine times a year, you're never going to get really good at it. Uh, if if that's not what you do for a living, we do it for a living. We have experts on it, and we train to it. So that's why we think our product is better than buying. We come out and we take care of business, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. And we we have backups. We have. Uh, and we have expertise, if you think about it. When I was talking about the footprint of the country, if it's not snowing in, in New York and we need extra expertise in Denver because they're getting hammered, we fly them in. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have experts throughout the country, which is, helps us. Because I have not seen this season for sure, but it's very rare that you see uh, a snowstorm that hits all parts of the country at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. Um, do you, um, with with regard to labor, do you hire service providers from within the within the commercial snow and ice industry, you know, guys who are uh, pushing snow, or do you tend to look for at other industries and just train them up to what you expect, to your standards? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah, I mean, it's great if if you some you come across someone who has really good uh, snow and ice management experience, and um, they, now they want to get into the airport environment. That's fantastic, and we're certainly open to to talking to people and hiring people such as that. But we also have a pretty good training program, a very good training program. So we can we as long as the there is a skill set of uh, being able to operate heavy equipment. Uh, you have an opportunity to train somebody to our standard, uh, and that's what we do.